All right, thank you guys and gals for sharing that. Brother Terry is kindly under the weather and is not able to sing uh, solo this morning, so we hope that he's feeling better next week or soon. If you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, we want to look at two verses. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I prayed <clears throat> the middle part of the week about what to share. Lord really had never uh, spoke to me until uh, yesterday. <clears throat> and so, um, led me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I want to read 1 Timothy 6, verse 15 and 16. I'll be reading out of King James. And then I want to read this also uh, out of uh, the ESV. 1 Timothy 6, verse 15. Which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. And now let me share that same passage out of the ESV, uh, English Standard Version, may be just a little more literal in its translation which he will display at the proper time, who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor an eternal dominion. Amen. It's a little more powerful in that translation. I want to share with you this morning just some simple thoughts on the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. It appears that we're living in a very chaotic world. Governments are failing Politically and economically, morally, we see, we, even this weekend, where Greece has had a major problem, but they found some relief economically. They were going to withdraw themselves um, from the euro and go into their own monetary system, but they've changed their mind so far on that. It's a pretty shaky time for a lot of governments. We have our wars and the threat of wars in the Middle East. And the Islamic terrorist group ISIS is on the march across Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya and northern Africa, Sudan. And like other countries of our world, we in America, we have our problems. Problems with our economy, problems with our health care, our border security racial tensions, attack on biblical marriage, the home, 
attack on, um, on morality. It sounds pretty dismal. It appears that we and the rest of the world are just helpless and hopeless. But let me remind you that there is a God in heaven. First, there is a God in heaven, and this God is the Creator. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God, Yahweh, God, Elohim, God, created the heaven and the earth. He's the Creator God. He's the one true God. Yahweh is our God. There's no other God, true God, besides Him. Deuteronomy 4.35 says, Yahweh is our God, there is no other God beside Him. Isaiah 45 verse 5 says, I am Yahweh and there's no other besides me, there is no God. Isaiah 46 verse 9 says, I am God. And there is no one like me. He's the one true God. There is no other God than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is God. Now people bow down and worship false gods. They're made perhaps out of gold and silver and perhaps uh, some type of clay or pottery. They worship false prophets who have been on this earth, who have died and their bones have waxed old in the graves of, of time. But we serve a God that is alive and well and is sovereign God. He is the one true God. He is God the Creator. But then He is... God, the Sovereign Lord. He is the Lord God. He is the Sovereign Lord. Now let's look at that term sovereign for just a minute. Sovereign. What does that word mean? Sovereign just simply means independent from external control. He's independent. No one controls him. Nothing controls him. Nothing hinders him. He's independent from any type of external control. It means that he is the ruler of all. He is the Lord of lords. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord above all lords. He is the King above all kings. He is the ruler of all. Our God, this one true God, Yahweh God, Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob's God, my God, your God, our God answers to no one. God sees history from the, from the very beginning to the very end. Nothing can hinder His plan from happening. He has a plan for this world. His plan was put into place before the foundation of the world. His plan included a Savior for mankind to come upon this earth at a certain time 
And the Bible says, in the fullness of time, Christ was born. And His plans won't be forfeited. His plans will not be hindered in any way. Our God will fulfill His plans. Our God is afraid of nothing. He's not afraid of anything. Our God is ignorant of nothing. He's all-knowing. Our God is needing nothing. He says, The cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Everything on this earth belongs to Him. It belongs, it belongs to Him. He has loaned it to us. We're stewards of what's on this earth, but it all belongs to Him. And so sovereignty means that God is in control of all. This world is not out of control. God is in control. And when you begin to hear this world's out of control, just remember, no, God is in control. And no one or nothing can stop it from happening. His plans when He begins His plans. And so the countdown from the, for the return of His dear Son, Jesus Christ, has, has already begun. It's underway. And the next great prophetic event on uh, the prophetic calendar is the return of Jesus Christ. And that could happen any day. Now, no one can overrule God's sovereign plan. There's some pretty important people in this world. I mean, uh, but they can't overrule the plan of God. You have kings and queens. They can't overrule the plan of God. National presidents can't overrule the plan of God. Senate and parliaments can't overrule the plan of God. The pope and the archbishops cannot overrule the plan of God. Satan and all of his evil spirits above the earth and below the earth cannot overrule the plan of God. Dictators cannot overrule the plan of God. Militants cannot overrule the plan of God, whether it's ISIL, whether it's uh, uh, Al-Qaeda or some Muslim extremist group, cannot overrule the plan of God. The pastor, the priest, cannot overrule the plan of God. Other gods cannot overrule the plan of the God. You and I cannot overrule the plan of God. God's rules, He rules all, and He's in control of everything. He's in control of everyone, and nothing is out of His control. Please remember that. So God is the Creator. God is the one true God. God is sovereign Lord God. He's independent from external control. Now, although God's in control of all things, He allows you and I to express our free will. We're not a bunch of puppets and robots. We have a free will. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 Moses called out to Israel, and he said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death. Now, here it is, blessing and cursing. Therefore, here's your free will. Choose life. Joshua chapter 24, 
that thou both and thy seed shall live. And then he says in Joshua 24, verse 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Joshua's talking to the people of God, Choose you this day, here's your free will, Choose you this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods which be your father served, and that were on the other side of the flood, the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He had a free will. He, had a, he was able to choose, make that free choice. So you had Moses and Joshua expressing their free will. But also you had Jesus in Matthew 11, verse 28. And Jesus is standing on this grassy hill, and, and he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's choice. Choice. So Christ, even Christ was teaching that we all have a choice to make. So although God is sovereign, man has free will. So there's, there's two facts for certain. The sovereignty of God, where God's in control of everything. But then there's the free will of man, where God allows man to have free choice. Now, sometimes people get um, kind of confused about sovereignty of God, don't have a good understanding of it. Let me see if I can explain it perhaps in a, in a simple illustration. Let's pretend just for a moment that, um, that I get on a cruise liner and, I head to, and I'm headed to England. And this liner leaves out of New York, out of the harbor there at New York, and we're headed nonstop to Liverpool. And nobody's going to stop it. I mean, it's started from New York, it's headed to Liverpool, it's on its way. No one is going to stop it. While on board, though, I make some choices. I play ping pong, and I do some shuffleboard, and I go swimming there on the deck pool, and I make those choices while I'm on the destination to Liverpool. And different passengers are doing their own thing and they're making their own choices. But yet our choices that we make don't affect the fact that the ship's going to England and nothing's going to stop it. Now, in that way, listen, God has set some sovereign purposes for this world. And the little choices that individuals make and the little choices that nations make and countries make and political leaders make and terrorists make, all of those choices will not alter His purpose for this world. It's going to come about. Simply put, I choose what to do on the boat, but either way, I'm going to England. You see, friend, listen, God's in charge. And He controls the universe. And He's not stretched. And He's not stressed. He is sovereign. He's in control. God is sovereign. And at the same time, God allows you and I to have free will, free choice. Now, with that in mind, as an individual... You must be willing to say as I, how can we embrace His sovereignty? If, if He is in control of everything, how can I embrace that sovereignty? I'm going to list three things you could do. First of all, to embrace His sovereignty, you have a choice to be saved. 
It's your choice. Jesus put it this way, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. John chapter 6, verse 44. And so as the Holy Spirit draws you to Christ this morning, you have a choice to be saved. Now, you didn't have a choice about a lot of things in your life. You didn't have a choice where you'd be born. You didn't have a choice who your parents were. You didn't have a choice color of eyes or hair. You didn't have any of those choices. But God gives you one choice, one supreme choice, and that is where you'll spend eternity. And that's your choice. And He's sovereign God, and to embrace His sovereignty, to recognize His sovereignty, knowing what He says in His Word, knowing it's going to come about, and you can jump up and squeal and holler and squint and get mad and say it's not true, it's going to come about. One day he's coming back for his church, and it won't be that far away. I believe it'd be in my lifetime, to be honest with you. And you know that's going to happen. And so to embrace his sovereignty, knowing that's going to happen, you have a choice to be saved. So as the Holy Spirit draws you to Christ today, it would be your choice to reject Christ or to receive Christ. But you have a choice. Another way you can embrace his sovereignty is to be obedient when he speaks to you. As a Christian, when God said something, if you want to embrace his sovereignty, if you, if you respect his sovereignty as sovereign God, then obey him. I mean, if he's who he says he is, and he is, then obey him. If his word says go, then just make up your mind, say, so, well, I'm going to go. If his word says, wait a while, don't do that, you need to wait, then you make up your mind, say, I'm going to wait. If his word says, listen, you just need to trust God, don't worry about anything, you just trust God, then you need to say, I'm not going to worry about this, I'm going to trust God. That, that embraces his sovereignty. And so I can embrace God's sovereignty by choosing to be saved. I can embrace his sovereignty by being obedient to his word. And then, third, I can embrace his, his sovereignty by being righteous when I'm tempted. Now, as a Christian today, we just need to make up our mind. We need to commit today that when we're pulled towards sin, that we're just going to express our free will to choose righteousness over sin. You know, as a Christian, you have the power to do that. You remember, well, some of the young ones may not remember, but the older ones remember Flip Wilson, and, and his favorite expression was, the devil made me do it. No, the devil don't make you do it. See, as a Christian today, we have the power, the Holy Spirit living within us that we can embrace righteousness over unrighteousness. And so today, recognize his sovereignty and who he is by saying, I'm going to be righteous in my decision." And then I'm going to list number four. To embrace His sovereignty. I embrace the sovereignty of God when I am tired. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going through. But to embrace the sovereignty of God when I'm tired. Next from being saved. This is probably the most difficult thing to do. Uh, 
What do you mean by that, Brother Samuel? I'm saying this. In, in the midst of my trial, whatever that trial is, be willing to say this. In the midst of my trial, I'm going to submit to God even though I don't know why He's allowed this. And I don't know why what He's doing. But I'm going to humble myself before Him and I'm going to believe He has a purpose and I will someday understand. And I reject all bitterness and hard-heartedness and I'm going to choose to become submissive to God and just wait. That's the way you embrace the sovereignty of God. When you're tired, you may not understand it all, but just be willing to wait on Him and see how He works everything out. You know, there's a lot going on in this whole world. It may seem chaotic, may seem out of control, but there is a God in heaven, and He's the one true God, and He's the sovereign God, and He's the ruler of all, and He answers to no one, and no one will hinder His plan for, for anything from happening. And this sovereign God allows mankind a free will to choose. And we can embrace His sovereignty by choosing to be saved and be obedient and be righteous when we're tempted and then just rest in Him when things get tough. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You for an opportunity we've had this morning to be encouraged knowing, Lord, that although the world appears to be out of control, it's in control. You have it controlled. We don't understand things that are happening. That's why it seems this way. But, Lord, you understand. Nothing slips up on you. And, Lord, you have a purpose. You have a plan. And you're bringing it all to fruition. I thank you, Lord, for being sovereign God. At the same time, I thank you for allowing us to have the free will we have to make those choices, Lord, to, um, to embrace your sovereignty. And I pray for each person here this morning. Thank you for speaking to every heart. And for those that are here who've never trusted you, thank you for speaking to their heart today. And Lord, as your Holy Spirit has drawn them just in a soft, tender way to you this morning, I pray they'd be willing to just step forward and say, I want to give my heart, I want to give my life to Christ. Because I know He's sovereign God. I know He's God. I know He has a purpose and a plan, and He's going to bring it all together one day. And you are. I pray for those who have never trusted you. I pray for Christians, Lord, even right now they are going through a difficult time. Help us, Lord, to make the right choices. Lord, in regards to righteousness over unrighteousness. Help us, Lord, to choose just to wait upon you when we get tired. Help us, Lord, to put our faith and trust in you and be obedient to you. Embrace your sovereignty just through obedience. Father, help us to be obedient today. Rededication of life, recommitment to life, transfer of membership. Lord, as you speak to your people, I pray they'd be obedient. Thank you for what you're going to do, I pray, as we have this hymn of invitation, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.